0: You're now listening to the River Claremont Podcast. So many things were said that just resonated and to the message that I was going to speak about this morning. And to those of you that may not know me, my name is Pastor Linda Cowles. <laughs> Praise the Lord. and. I'm, as they say, I'm a nobody trying to tell somebody about, (laughs) trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody, but God has made us somebody, praise the Lord, hallelujah, he has made us, glory to God, the scripture says he has made us not only sons, but kings and priests, amen, Amen. and we're going to talk today about prayer, man's approach to God, Amen. We just came out of this awesome time of prayer and fasting. Hallelujah. How many was a part of that? Amen. Hallelujah. Awesome time of prayer and fasting. And, and I just want to come and just kind of put some icing on the cake and tell you, don't stop don't stop you know sometimes we just do things because the whole church is doing it but god doesn't want us to stop he wants this to be a a daily practice glory to god he wants this to be a weekly thing for you glory to god that you would pray and fast amen and praise hallelujah glory to god so many things were said amen in the praise and worship that just i was like lord god i was gonna sing another song but then i got up here as i was sitting there this song came to my mind because i'm like this is what it's all about we need to be that sanctuary we need to be that tabernacle we need to be that temple amen Amen. and it's not just when we come in the house of the lord glory to god this is every day glory to god And so how many are victorious today? Amen? (laughs) Amen. I want to see every hand in the house go up. Hallelujah. If you are victorious today, because who made you victorious? Jesus. Hallelujah. And if you're not victorious, then we tell you, look to Jesus, because he won the victory for you amen that you could speak to whatever battle you're going through whatever addiction you're going through whatever sickness you're going to and you can point that thing to jesus and say hey sickness look to jesus because he overcame you addiction look to jesus because he overcame you hallelujah He overcame you, so why am I enslaved to you? Hallelujah. Because he overcame you, and he gave me the victory. Hallelujah. So God wants his church to be a victorious church. He desires for you and I. Do you know he desires for us to rule and reign in this life? Some people think it's just when you get to heaven. But it's not just when you get to heaven. He wants us to rule and reign in this life. Amen. Amen. And how many want to rule and reign with him today? Amen. Through first and foremost being born again. Amen. You must be born again. Amen. And then through your knowledge. Because some people are born again, but they're not in the knowledge of the truth. They need to come into the understanding of who they are, what they have, where they're seated. You know, I'm the teacher of the new believers class, so it always comes out when I teach. (laughs) It's like, who are you? Where are you? What do you have? Amen. And this is important because that's why, you know, as we all know, that's why Eve was deceived. That's why many are deceived today because they do not know. And if they do know it's just a head knowledge it's not a heart knowledge and it has to be a heart knowledge where you embrace that truth and you stand firm on the fact that you are who God says you are and you have what God says you have and you can do what God says you can do. To our young people today you are who God says you are you have what God says you have and you can do what God says you can do. Amen. So that song, Lord prepare me to be a sanctuary. I was going to come up here and say, I enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. As I, was, as I was singing that song, you know, the message today, and I'm going to get in it in just a minute. I sent over the, the, the scriptures to Libby and, and the pictures, but the pictures didn't come out. But I wanted to get the pictures up on the screen and of the pictures of the tabernacle. I love talking about the tabernacle because god has given me an understanding of the tabernacle and even though that was in the old testament i'm that tabernacle now hallelujah you're that tabernacle now hallelujah So that eastern gate of that tabernacle was where that priest had to go in. And I can imagine him with his little bells on his thing and he said, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. And he goes into that tabernacle and he goes into that outer court I will enter his courts with praise that's what we do when we come into the house of the Lord but you know what I want to say is that we don't just do that in the church amen you need to do that in your house that's why we got so many people that they'll come to church and then they'll go home and they'll fall down and they keep falling and they keep sinning and they keep having these trip ups. But you need to know that that you are that tabernacle and you go into the gates with thanksgiving every day. You go into the courts with praise every day. Amen. In your car, in your house, in your job, wherever you go, you go into the gates with thanksgiving, and into the courts with praise. Hallelujah. And you be thankful unto him, and you bless his holy name. Hallelujah. Psalms 100 and verse 4 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name we're going to talk about man's approach to God. Amen. Prayer is man's approach to God. We're going to talk about the power of prayer. And we're going to throw some praise because it's prayer and praise. Hallelujah. Prayer and praise. Hallelujah. And it's all about what you know. The more you know, the higher you'll go. <laughs> The more you know, the higher you'll go in God. Amen? And the more you apply what you know, get that stuff out of just your head and let it go down to your heart. Be fully persuaded that God is who he said he is. He can do what he says he can do, and he can do it through me. Glory to God. That's what he's looking for today. You know, when we go back to the Old Testament, to the book of Exodus, chapter 25, uh, 25 and 22, I believe it is. Exodus chapter 25, and let's go there. Let's go there. If I could turn my Bible up, right, right side up. <laughs> it's upside down, but I'm turning it right side up. Hallelujah. <laughs> right side up. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 25. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me see, is it 25 or 35? Yeah, i got it somewhere in here. Somewhere, somewhere. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Exodus 25 and 22, that's it. All right. So here we see where the Lord is telling Moses to build a tabernacle. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. He's telling Moses, he said, build me this tabernacle, and and I want you to do all this. I want you to to, to make this brazen altar. Uh, I want you to make this brazen laver. I want you to make this manoa. I want you to make this uh, put the thing for the showbread and, and the altar of incense. And he said, and there I will meet with thee, and I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat. From between the two cherubims which are upon the ark of the testimony of all things which I will give thee in commandment unto the children of Israel. You see, God wanted to dwell among his people. And God wants to dwell in you now. Amen. He's always wanted to dwell among his people. He always wanted to commune with us. That word commune means to speak, to promise, to tell. He wants to talk to you, and then he wants you to listen. Amen. When you communicate with somebody, it's not just a one-way street. It's a two-way street. You talk, and you listen, and let them talk. You listen. Hallelujah. We always want God to listen to us. You know, we get there, we shout, and we scream for God to listen to us. But God says, will you listen to me? (laughs) Will you listen to me sometime? I'm trying to get something to you. I'm trying to talk to you, but you're not listening. You're not listening. And so God is saying, will you listen to him? Glory to God. Prayer. What is Prayer. Prayer is our communion, our communication with God. And prayer awakens our spirit to God. If you can, you know, I love this saying, they say, if you can find a man to pray, there's a God to answer. Amen. Because he said in Jeremiah 33 and 3, to call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things that you don't know you know when I think about that and a lot of times we say oh yeah 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 I know that scripture I know that scripture but when you stop like the word selah in the bible means pause think about this consider this for a minute stop just reading like it's a book or a novel and stop and think about this you know some people think that God don't want you to think, but God wants you to think, and even He likes it when you ask questions. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like full of questions. I be like, Why? Why did He do this, Lord? Why did He do that? And God likes that because then you can dig deeper, and He give you a better understanding of what's going on. So when I read this scripture, Jeremiah 33 and three, call unto me, and I will answer thee. First of all, when you call, He's gonna answer. Amen. And everybody in the room, I pray that you know when you call, he is going to answer. I've heard some people say, well, when I call, he doesn't tell me anything. But yes, he does. He, you're just not listening. And sometimes he'll use people that you don't think that he would be using. And he's trying to talk to you and you're not listening. But he will answer. And not only will he answer, but he'll show you great And mighty things that you don't even know. You know, too many times in this day and age that we live in, people run to the psychics. They run to the people because why? They want to know something. They want to know tomorrow. They want to know next week. They want to know your next year. But those are demonic predictions. They are not the God-given purposes and plans that God has for you. So God is saying, just call unto me. I'll show you the great and mighty things. <laughs> I'll show you what your future is going to look like. Glory to God if you just follow me and call upon me. He said he'll show you those things when when you pray. When you pray, he'll awaken your spirit, and consistent prayer, glory to God, brings you closer to God. It, it, it awakens your spirit and causes your spirit to become sensitive to God, to be able to hear his voice, that still, small voice. It causes you to know God, and it helps God know you. Amen. Some people might say, well, help God know me. I thought that God already knew me. I thought he knew the hairs on my head. Yes, he knows all of that. But remember when they stood before him in the last day and they said, oh, we prophesied in your name and we did all these things in your name. And he said, depart from me. I never knew you. So prayer causes you to know God and God to know you. How does God know us when we pray? Because you are praying from that inward place. You are being intimate. You are saying, I want to know you. And not only do I want to know you, I want to love you. And not only do I want to love you, I want to please you. And I want to do those things that are pleasing in your sight. And when you do that, then God knows you. Because, like, I could know somebody I could know of you, but I don't really know you until I get close to you, till I start talking to you, till I find out what you like and what you don't like, and then I might start doing those things to please you giving you gifts on your birthday giving you gifts at christmas time and so then we come a little more intimate there's uh, one sister we know each other pretty well because we pray together we we kind of be together a lot so they know me but if they don't take time right. to spend with me they don't really know me right. they don't they can just see me from an outward and they can judge me But they don't know me. So God wants us to spend that time with him consistently every day in prayer. And in the tabernacle, I love the tabernacle. You know, let's walk through it for a minute. You want to walk through it with me? (laughs) Do you want to walk through it with me? I want to walk through it. I'm going to walk through it just a little bit. Amen. So in the tabernacle, the priest goes to that brazen altar. And many times we are we're taught, and we know that that brazen altar was for death. They put that lamb upon that brazen altar. Jesus was put on that brazen altar for you and I. He died for us. But the priest would put that brazen uh, put that lamb on that brazen altar for the sins of the people. Amen. For the sins of himself and for the sins of the people, and so. He had to go through that tabernacle, and I think, I don't know if it was, I listened to so many messages, I can't remember who said it, but it talked about the bells on the priest's um, robe, and yes, he had those bells, because if he didn't offer that lamb, or maybe he offered that lamb, and and he didn't wash at that laver, he would drop dead, because he had to do things in the order that God prescribed. And so he had to put that altar, put that blood on the altar, and he had to keep a piece of that blood because uh, that blood um, was, was actually that blood. He didn't do it. The high priest took the blood and put it on the mercy seat. But he would put that blood and throw it out on the side, and then he would move on to the, altar, the brazen laver. And that's where he had to wash his hands and his feet. He had to get that blood off of him (laughs) he had to wash himself at that brazen laver and if he didn't do that he violated the prescription of god and he would drop dead so he knew he washed his hands he washed his feet it reminds me of the scripture that says who will dwell in thy temple in thy holy hill he that has clean hands and a pure heart Clean hands, whose hands are not shedding innocent blood, whose feet are not running to evil, those that have clean hands. So then after he finished washing, then there was an opening to go into the holy place, the holy place, ha, the holy place where God had the Manoah, the light, the the candles, the seven candlesticks. And God had the shoe bread for the priest that he would eat to strengthen himself while he was doing the, the task of God. And that light had to be lit continuously. Not sometimes. Not today, but not tomorrow. That light had to be lit always. Every single day, that light had to shine. And it, Jesus was the light of the world, Right? but when he left, he made who the light? You and I. We are the light of the world. We are the light of city that sitteth on a hill that cannot be hid. That light should shine continuously. Continuously. But what's going to help it shine? Prayer. Prayer. Communication with God. Communication with God. That prayer makes you stand so that your light can shine then he had the altar of incense where he had to light that every morning and every evening and the bible tells us that the incense it's in heaven is the prayers of the saints so that let me know it's like okay god i've got to light my incense every morning and every evening every morning and every evening if i miss a day I give the enemy a foothold. I can't miss a day because it needs to be every morning and every evening. I want to be like Zechariah. The Bible says he was faithful and he was going into the temple to light the incense. That was his duty. He was up in age, what, 80-something years old. But he had been faithful all his life, lighting that incense in the morning and in the evening. Why? Because he knew that God was a rewarder of them that diligently seeked him he knew that god would answer him when he prayed and show him great and mighty things that he knew not so as we go into that tabernacle after you got to that altar of incense then there was that veil that was so thick that curtain was so thick you couldn't just tear it with anything But that was that that same veil that was rent when Christ died and went into the holy place. But not only did he go into the holy place, but he's given you and I access into the holy place. So that we would be in the presence of God, not just when we come to church, but every day of our lives. That we would enter into the presence of God that veil was torn in two for you and I. Amen. So there's no excuse for defeat in this hour when Jesus has done it all. Amen. As I tell them, this is the hour of God's power. Amen. And you ought to just go ahead and walk in it. Hallelujah. Because this is the hour of God's power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As I said, when when you know God, when you become a prayer, a person of prayer. When you become a tabernacle of the Lord, then you know God. You learn to know God. And when you know God, you'll love God. And when you love God, you'll do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Amen. So it's all about getting to know him. As he said, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Learn of me. Learn of me, get to know me, but you can't get to know me if you don't spend time with me. Come on, spend time with me. Come on, be with me. And then once you do that, then you, as a prayer, person of prayer, you become a priest of God. What does a priest do? A priest prays for the people, he intercedes for the people, he mediates for the people, he stands in the gap. It's not about him anymore. It's about sometimes him, but mostly the people. Amen. He becomes an intercessor, a mediator. Glory to God. In Habakkuk 2 and 1 says, I will stand upon my watch. He becomes a watchman. He begins to watch for the people. And I'm going to give you a testimony in just a moment. He began to watch. He began to pray for this one, pray for that one. Uh, God will put this one on his heart. He begins to pray for, for that individual, sometimes not even knowing what it's about. Amen. Because the Spirit knows. But the Bible tells us that the Spirit knows all things, and God wants us to be so in tune with him that our spirit man is just, you know, there's times I could be cooking. And the spirit will just fall on me to go pray. I don't know what for. Sometimes I don't even know what about. And on one occasion, it was, I was in my kitchen cooking. And it just came on me and I stopped. And we have to learn to stop. Because if he can't use you, he will find somebody else. But I'd rather him use me because I want to be able to be used by the Lord. I'm a temple. I'm a tabernacle. So I stopped what I was doing, went in my room, and prayed until that lifted up off of me. Sometimes when you're feeling heavy, like the Word of God tells us, the spirit of joy for the, for the spirit of heaviness. But sometimes you need to pray that thing off of you because you don't know where it's coming from. And it could be somebody in trouble. It could be, and I'm going to tell you what happened. A a loved one of mine, I found out later on after I went in and prayed and and travailed. It didn't even take long, probably 15 minutes until it lifted. Then I went back. I made sure I turned off the oven. (laughs) And I went back and continued cooking. Later on to find out that a loved one was standing on the top of the roof in a zero degrees climate getting ready to jump off the roof and god sent an angel a person to come and get them take them to their house put them in a tub of water so that they could live and not die so not knowing that that's what was going on at that hour but god will use you when you pray when you pray Glory to God. You become a tabernacle of God for the salvation of souls. Glory to God. You become a conduit that somebody can cross over into eternal life because of your prayers. Glory to God. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, he that comes to God must believe, first of all, that he exists. Now, some people just go halfway. But we can't go halfway because the devils believe in tremble. The demons believe in tremble. But there's another part of that verse that says, and they believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That word diligence means constant. It means careful uh, effort. A Careful effort, constant, uh, nonstop um you you name it in that realm as you know diligence as we said this morning the diligent are made rich not the slow folk the diligent amen the ones that will continue working work hard and do what they're supposed to do they'll be made rich and the same with those that pray that diligently pray so if, if we want to come to him in daily prayer, we must exercise that diligence. Must exercise that diligence. There are six types of prayers. Prayer of repentance. And there's more than these, but I'm going to bring out six today. Prayer of repentance. And we find that in Psalms 51. Prayer of salvation. As we know, John 316. Thanksgiving. Prayer of thanksgiving. Colossians 4 and 2. Prayer of agreement, Matthews 18, 19 through 20. Prayer of faith, Hebrews 11 and 6, as I just read. And prayer of intercession, 1 Timothy 2 and 1. The first prayer of repentance is, you know, first we got to be reconciled to God. Right. Before we try to reconcile anybody else. Yeah. Amen. Too many people trying to reconcile other people and they ain't got reconciled themselves. <laughs> <laughs> It's the truth. Have you ever seen them? I've seen many that want to reconcile other people and ain't been reconciled themselves. But what did God tell the the Lord, tell Jesus, the Lord told Jesus. I mean, um, Jesus told Peter, (laughs) Jesus told Peter in Luke 22, 31 and 32, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. He said, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, when you are converted, when you are converted, strengthen your brother. <laughs> So a lot of times, you know, the devil beat people up because they ain't converted and they're out there trying to convert everybody else and the devil just beat them all up because they're like, who is you? (laughs) He just beat them all up because they never been converted. (laughs) To be converted means to bring over from one belief to another, a change of behavior and a change of your very nature, being a new creation. I'm a new creature in Christ. All things are passed away; <laughs> they are really passed away. <laughs> Behold, all things are new. <laughs> Amen. And all things are of God, not of me, not of you. Amen. And all things are of God. Glory to God. Like on the airplane, the, the world knows better than some of us. On that airplane, they tell you, put your mask on first. fix yourself up first then you go and you help the other person on that plane (laughs) so 11 luke 11 and 1 the disciples asked jesus they said lord teach us to pray why did they ask him that you ever thought about that why did they ask jesus lord teach us to pray like john the baptist taught his people we want to know i believe they asked him that because they saw the miracles they saw the effort way, the effortless way that he uh, uh, cast out devils. Effortless. Jesus wasn't in the back room sweating and carrying on <laughs> two and three hours. <laughs> no, no, he didn't do that. He didn't do that. He didn't go say, well, well we, can, we didn't get them today, but we'll get them tomorrow. <laughs> he didn't do that. He didn't do that. He would just say, come out, and they came out. Glory to God. He would say, you know, be healed, and they were healed. When they brought the man through the roof, he said, you know, your sins are forgiven, and they were forgiven. So after they saw that, I I would be saying, teach me how to pray too. (laughs) Teach me how to pray too because I want those results in my life. Amen. How many say they want those results in their life? Amen. So let the Lord teach us how to pray. As we look at that tabernacle and we go through that tabernacle with the altar of the brazen altar of repentance because that death signifies you and I our repentance, dying to self, and then that brazen labor, allowing the Lord to wash us by the blood of Jesus, and by the washing of water of the word, and being that light every day, 24-7, (laughs) 24-7, when the enemy tries to get you and trip you up, 24-7, I need my light shining, Amen. And that shoe bread, which is the word of God, I need that word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I need that word every day. Amen. And that altar of incense, my prayers are going up. I know that they are heard. Amen. Because the Lord said he will answer me. Glory to God. Jesus told his disciples, he said, watch as well as pray. Amen. So a lot of times we might pray and we just get up blindly and we walk outside and we're just, you know, and then we come back. Oh, well, I'm praying, um, but are you watching? Amen. Are you watching? watch as well as pray what does that mean watch your surroundings be attuned to the spirit when he moves in your belly and you feel something wrong it's like something ain't right here and and maybe this is not the right thing to do maybe that's not the right place to go be sensitive in your spirit man of where to go what to do what to say amen And also in natural circumstances, the Lord wants to bless us. As it was said this morning, he wants to bless our life. He wants our life so fruitful, glory to God, that the enemies, that the world will envy the church. How many believe that? I believe that. That he wants the church so fruitful that the world will envy the church. Amen. That's what happened in Egypt when the church, when the children of God grew so much that they grew and they multiplied to the fact that they began to envy them. Oh, if we don't do something about them, they're going to take over. That's right. We're going to take over. (laughs) That's right. We're going to take over. So, so he wants to bless us. He wants us to be watchful. I'm going to give you a testimony. This is what happened to me. I was up praying at 5.30 a.m. one morning. And, you know, as my ritual is, that's my thing. And then I get ready to go minister wherever I'm at or to work in the office or whatever. And at this time, I was ministering at a homeless shelter. And I got up and I put on my clothes and got my purse and everything was walking out the door. And the Holy Spirit said, watch. As well as pray. And I shrugged my shoulders back like a soldier. And I said, yes, sir. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So knowing what that meant. You know, and I probably said this before, but I truly believe accidents are of the devil. They're of the devil because he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And a lot of times they happen because of negligence every time. Negligence on somebody's part. And you have to be watchful. So, I came out of my apartment, lived down at Four Corners in Claremont, and was coming through the apartment complex. And when I was going on the road, I looked out my left, and there was this car coming real fast. And lo and behold, I said, let me slow down, because I don't know where he's going. And if he turn where I am as fast as he's going it ain't gonna be pretty so so i slowed down about 200 feet or so away from the stop sign and he came all the way out and swerved right like that had i been at the stop sign he would have hit me right here in my driver's side and it would have been you know i would have been laid up in somebody's hospital who knows what would have happened but because i was watching so he swung by me, and he was like, oh, sorry, sorry. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I just kept going. And then I got out to the stoplight at 27, 27, the Highway 27. And you all know that's a highway, big highway there, and there was a, a light there. And the light was red when I got there. But after a little while, the light turned green. Normally, I would, you know, get on out in there because the light green. People behind me blowing their horns but I didn't move and I looked out my left here's a man like a bat out of hell <laughs> if, I, if I could just say it like they it, <laughs> he coming <like laughs> and he runs the red light thank God I was watching and did not go out in that road and so by then I'm like okay Lord Wow, (laughs) you are so good. And then I get down the road, and there's a fatal accident on the right-hand side, on the same side I'm on. By then, I'm toe up. I'm crying. I'm thanking God. And just rode all the way to that homeless shelter thanking God. But God wants to lead us and guide us in every area of our lives amen he wants to do that for us and so he said watch as well as pray watch and and be on the battlefield like a good soldier you know if you if anybody that served in the army they know if you out there on the battlefield say in view in japan you don't be around there playing all around you be watching you got your armor on and you're looking around and you're looking. And if and if time for some to sleep, there's some that's watching. They're sitting up, they're watching, making sure nobody come and, and kill y'all in the night. They're vigilant. And the word of God tells us to be vigilant, to be sober, glory to God, that we might see the, the tactics of the enemy and we might uh, avoid them. Glory to God. The Bible says a wise man, he sees the trap and he goes around. He sees and he needs oh, let me go this way because I see that trap over there. So a wise person will do that. Watch as well as pray. God wants to show us the traps of the enemy and protect our lives from harm. Remember when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane? You know, and I love thinking about I've been thinking about that scripture for the past week or so. And he said, my soul is sorrowful unto death. He knew that death was at his door. How did he know that? By the spirit. By the spirit, the Lord told him, this is about to happen to you. And he went into that garden and he brought his disciples with him and he told them to watch and pray. They were so sleepy that they couldn't watch. And what happened with Peter? He said, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Peter was entered into temptation and cut off Malchus' ear. (laughs) And Jesus had to put his ear back on his face. (laughs) amen but for us that temptation might be something a little more uh serious you know it might be a little more serious so you gotta watch as well as pray amen amen he had to put his ear back on that's what he had to do and but for us he's telling us watch as well as pray so that you won't enter into whatever temptation that the enemy is bringing your way I like to tell people all the time, you know, he ain't going to tempt you with nothing you don't like. He ain't going to tempt you with nothing you don't want. But that's why you got to kill the flesh at the altar. Amen. Kill the flesh at the altar so you don't have that temptation. Amen. Kill it. Kill it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise God. Another, another incident. You know, I remember Isaac the son of Abraham and Isaac married Rebecca and uh, Isaac's wife was barren. You know, I I tell you, it just amazes me how God speaks to a man and say, you're going to be a great nation, your seed's going to be all this, and your wife is barren. (laughs) And then you have a son, and his wife is barren. And then they have the children, and their wives are barren. I'm like, you know, my God. But that's what God does, because he does the supernatural. So Isaac prayed for Rebecca, and then he does things so that we can rely on him. Doesn't he? He does things so that we can totally look to him to fix that situation. So Isaac prays for Rebecca. She, had, she gets pregnant, and then the, the, the children in her room they just in there fighting. They in there fighting. Anybody pregnant know what it feels like to be pregnant? But they just in there. Them two children, and she's like, "Why? What is going on inside of me?" And so, and so the Lord speaks to her, but she prays. What did she do? She asked God, what is going on inside of me? And what did he do? He answered her. Amen? Amen. He answered her. See, asking is just half of the battle. If you can just get in prayer. Amen. Every day, let your light so shine. Let your incense be lit. He answered her and he told her, you have two nations in you and they're gonna they're gonna uh be great nations the younger's gonna serve the elder so one day i had this pain in my body and i was in bed and it was time to get up and i said lord if rebecca could ask you what's wrong with her what's wrong with me <laughs> why am i having this pain in my body and the lord spoke to me and said you have inflammation inflammation in your body i said oh go figure <laughs> I said, well, what do I do about it, Lord? <laughs> and he said, you know, show me a couple of things, the foods and stuff. And then I started searching out things to, to eat to get rid of that inflammation. You see, if you, if you call unto him, he'll answer you. He'll, he'll talk to you. Amen. Because that's what he wants to do. When I think of the goodness of the Lord, amen. And when I look around in this building and say, oh, my God, I want to sing the song. Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves each and every one of us. There is nobody in this room that could say, oh, God can't love me. What? What? You are created in his image, in his likeness. You are his offspring, made looking just like him. Amen. No matter what color you are, you're looking just like him. You can talk, you can walk, you can reason. You're looking just, you can create, hallelujah. You're looking just like him, hallelujah. So, oh, how he loves us, how he loves us, how he loves us. Prayer, our approach to God, and it positions us to be led by the Spirit. It prepares you to become a tabernacle, amen. God is so good. He wants us to to live out that tabernacle until we become that tabernacle. Isn't that amazing that he would do that and that he would call us kings and priests? You know, I've often thought about this and I've been really meditating on it all week because the Lord says, I mean, the word tells us that Jesus is the king, he is the priest, and he is the prophet, amen, and he lives in you amen so the king lives in you what does a king do he decrees he decrees a thing and it shall be established amen he's the prophet in you what does the prophet do the prophet forewarns foretells amen and he's given that ability to you what does the priest do the priest mediates and prays for the people intercedes for the people and he's put that intercessor in you Oh, praise be to God. Hallelujah. Can we just shout, hallelujah. 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 What a wonderful God we serve, that he would do this just for you, just for me. Glory to God, that he would make us kings and priests unto God that he would make us priests, that we would intercede for one another. I had another incident not too long ago. And I tell you, every time that the Lord does this to me, when he shows me an individual and their situation, they're going to be healed. One time he showed me uh, one of the homeless men that we were ministering to, and he came to the class and I looked at him and said, you're an evangelist, what are you doing? And he was like, oh, he didn't know he was an evangelist. But I saw him. He was an evangelist. And so now he's preaching the gospel. He's a, he's a truck driver, and he's preaching the gospel. But what the Lord shows us, he shows us these things. And what the Lord showed me was he had a really bad accident. it busted bust his spleen. His, he couldn't walk. Um, his brain, he was bleeding from his brain. And I had a dream of him. And he was walking upright like nothing ever happened. And we were praying for him. He was walking up right in this dream. And I said, you're going to be okay. Yeah. You're going to walk again. He called me one day to come pick him up, take him to the doctor. And he came walking out the house like nothing ever happened. <laughs> Just like nothing ever happened. And then I had this uh, dream of a dear pastor friend of mine. I was in their house and I saw the apostle and I saw someone in a wheelchair And it looked like the the wife, but they kept changing. It looked like her, and it looked like somebody else. And I said, oh, so I started praying. I didn't know what was going on. I just started praying. Then a little bit later, my daughter said, well, so-and-so called me, and they told me that their daughter is in a wheelchair. And I was like, oh, my God, that's what I saw. I saw her in that wheelchair but she's going to walk again, and we began to pray for her, and today she's walking, amen, today she's walking, glory to God, and my dear sister knows about this one, another morning, I woke up, same thing, you know, we do our prayers, and then I'm getting ready, and I'm headed out to work, and I've moved over in Leesburg, and when I come out, you know, 27 is right there, and the funny thing about it, I didn't know that this uh, man of God and his wife had moved just a block away. And maybe that was why the Lord was allowing me to pick it up. But when I got to that intersection, this is what the Lord said. This is a verbatim. And you see, God wants to talk to us, whether we here, home, in the car, doesn't matter. So he said, Pastor so-and-so is sick. Nigh, he used the word nigh nigh unto death and I was like whoa and I I just started talking and I was like well what is apostle gonna do (laughs) you know I'm I'm not even thinking right to to pray and stop that at first but so I said oh and then my mind goes well you know he always takes care of everything anyway he cooks he cleans he does everything but I'm like but no wait a minute (laughs) I had to catch myself I said no I've got to pray for her I got to pray for her so I brought her, her name back to our prayer call. And God is so good. Oh, God is so good. And we brought her name back to our prayer call. And I told the ladies on that prayer call, I said, I want this prayer call to be a prayer call. When people bring a prayer request to this prayer call, something's going to happen. Amen. Amen. We're not just praying to be praying. But we're praying to a God who hears us and answers us. Glory be to God. I said, when they come to this prayer call, something's going to happen. So we prayed for her. It wasn't even a week. And I called. And when I called, this woman was at fourth stage bone cancer. Fourth stage bone cancer. And in a week, she had gone down to 1%. 1%. To the point that she was due to get a bone transplant, a bone marrow transplant. And the doctors asked her, do you still want it? Do you still want it? Because you're at 1%. And she said, yes, I want it because I want this eradicated out of my bone marrow. And so she got it. She came home. She was on a walk at first. She's walking. She's good. She's strong. And God has raised her up. The power of prayer, the power of prayer, the power of prayer. I have a sister whose husband wasn't saved and you know, and I said, Lord God, let's get this over to the church. When God word says something, you can, you can bank on it as they say, you could take it to the bank. Amen. The scripture says that the unbeliever, if he's pleased to dwell with you, if you're with an unbeliever, that as long as he's pleased to dwell with you, the scripture says that the unbeliever is sanctified by the wife. Now, we take that scripture, but the Lord showed me something in that. He took me to Exodus, um, I believe, uh, chapter 30. uh, Yeah, chapter 30. When Moses took those articles, he was making everything in the tabernacle. And the Lord said, take your anointed oil and anoint all of the the articles in the tabernacle, the furniture and everything, anoint everything. And then he said, and whosoever touch it going to be holy. I say, what? Whosoever touched this furniture gonna be holy. That's what the scripture said. And the Lord said, that's why when the unbeliever is with the believer, that he's gonna be sanctified by the wife because she's holy. She's a vessel. She's a tabernacle. She's my servant. She's my child. So I just, and when that revelation came, you see, it's all about what you know. I'm going to tell you, you, you uh, the more you know, the higher you go. Um, that's the truth. It's all about what you know. When you know the truth, the Bible says the truth will make you free, will set you free. But it's not until you know it. So when the Lord gave me that revelation, I brought it back to the prayer call, and I said, you know what? It's a done deal. I said, don't even worry about it. I said, your husband's going to be saved. I said, and, 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 and God's going to make him, he's going to start praying with you. And just as sure as my name, Linda, the man, the man went to his wife and said, honey, can we start praying together? I said, glory to God. (laughs) Glory to God. And this man was a Jehovah witness. But I told her, I said, you can bank on, take it to the bank because God said so. God said, if, if he, if the furniture, the furniture could be holy, if somebody touch it, it's holy. If somebody touch it, no, go study your Bible, go to Exodus chapter 30, and you'll see, and he said, and whatsoever touch it will be holy. I said, oh my God, oh my God. That's why, that's why we can't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Because, you know, when they touch you, they get holy. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> when they touch you, they get sanctified. My goodness gracious. So, so the Lord worked that miracle, and that man is praying with his wife every morning. Every single morning. And then he stops and he lets her proclaim Jesus and do everything she's going to do. Glory be to God. And they pray every morning. Don't you know that God's doing something there? Don't you know that that man's going to be saved there? Holly, if he ain't already, I call him saved. He already. He already saved because he's with that woman of God. Hallelujah. And so, so, so God is good. He said if we would just pray. If we would just be his tabernacles, if we would just be his vessels, glory to God, that whatever we, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, whatever I do, I just want you, you just take over. This, you, this body belongs to you. Glory to God. This mind belongs to you. When stuff try to come, it's like, cast it down. Get out. I can't, I can't have that. I can't have that. I don't want my temple to be violated. I don't want my temple to be con- uh, nothing. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. My goodness gracious. So God has made you and I the tabernacles that he would dwell in. He said, make me a tabernacle so that I might dwell among my people. Imagine that. He said, Brother Joe, I want you to make you a tabernacle so I can dwell among my people. So when two or three of us are gathered together, there he is in the midst. Amen. That I may dwell among my people. And then all of you make up my tabernacle. All collectively, you make up his tabernacle. And he's dwelling among his people. Glory be to God. He's dwelling here in this place. Glory be to God. In Psalms 24, let's go to Psalms 24 if you would. If you have your Bibles, amen. Psalms 24, verse 3 through 5. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. 24, verse 3 through 5. Psalms, Psalms. I'm over here in, what am I doing? In Job. <laughs> oh, Lord, help me. Psalms 24, Psalms 24. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? Does that sound familiar? The holy place in the temple, the holy place, amen. Who shall stand in his holy place? You see, the priests were the one that were standing in the holy place. And you and I have been called a royal priesthood a holy nation, a peculiar people that we not only show forth the praises of him that have brought us out of darkness, but we live this life. Amen. We live this life. Glory to God. But we are the ones that he wants to stand in that holy place. Glory to God. I want you to just see yourself as that priest when you you know when you when you see yourself as something sometimes it causes you to let me step up a little bit let me let me walk into that that i'm looking at right now and that's what the lord wants to do he wants us to walk in that that we see glory to god that holy place where the priest who was holy who had to offer up the sacrifice for himself and the people he wants us to be standing in that holy place glory to god standing in that holy place and then the prayers of the righteous also gives us the ability to enter into the holies of holies yes uh, let's go to hebrews glory to god chapter 10 hebrews chapter 10 In verses 18, 18 through 20. Now, where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. You see, we come here and we enter into the holiest. We be in the presence of God. But God wants that to be everywhere, everywhere you go, everywhere you live, sleep, breathe, amen, everywhere you are. That we would have boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he has consecrated for us. Through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. That word, draw near, is just what Abraham did when he interceded for Lot. The scriptures say he drew near. He drew near in prayer. If you draw nigh to God, he'll do what? He'll draw nigh to you. Amen. Amen. If you draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. And so having this high priest over the house of God who took his own blood and sprinkled it on the mercy seat for you and I. You know, a lot of people, when we had it in our Bible class, they they like to go back to the book of Job and compare their sufferings to Job. But I like to tell people this. The blood is on the mercy seat. Ain't no devil. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. He'd been cast out. He's not in heaven trying to tell God, oh, look at them, look at her. I, I want to get this point across real good. He's not in heaven saying, oh, uh, uh, she did this. He- no, no, the blood is in heaven speaking for you. You know who he's telling you did this and you did that? You. He's on your shoulder saying, oh, you did this, you did, you, you, worthless, you this, this, that's who he's accusing to you, not to God, because the blood purified all things, the blood of Jesus, if not, I mean, why are we here? If God did not take that blood and purify heaven, then why are we here? But that blood purified heaven. And it kicked Satan and all his demons out. He does not have any place in heaven accusing you before God. Because as the scriptures say, as he accused you before God, we have an advocator, Jesus Christ the righteous, who stands up for us and his blood speaks better things than that of Abel. Abel's blood spoke, oh, avenge me. Oh, uh, uh, he killed me, avenge me, God. But the blood of Jesus says, you are forgiven. The blood of Jesus says you are accepted. The blood of Jesus says you are loved. You are my child. You are the one I died for. I don't care what the devil tripped you up to do. I don't care what kind of sin you've committed. You are mine. I made you in my own image. And the blood is speaking better things than that of Abel for you. The blood is speaking for you. Amen. Today. Hallelujah. And so what a great God we serve, that he would do this for us. When we feel so, sometimes we feel so unworthy, we feel, you know, we know what we've done. Like I was, as I was driving in this morning, I thought about Peter, and I said, oh my God, Peter was a mighty man of God, but Peter remembered his sin, and he said, I'm not worthy to be crucified right side up, crucify me upside down, because I betrayed him i i left him when he was when he was to be crucified i told the people i didn't know him and so he said don't crucify me right side up i'm not deserving of it why do you think he said that that's why he said that because he remembered his sin but did god remember it god used him mightily because he was chosen of god just like you are chosen of god today just like we are chosen of God amen he's not looking at what you've done he's not looking at who you've been he's not looking at what who you've harmed or whatever he says today Today, when you hear my voice harden not your heart, I want to make you a tabernacle for me to dwell in. I want to make you a vessel that I can honor, that I can use, that you can be my kings, my priests, and my prophets in this hour. Revelations chapter 8, 5, I'm sorry. Revelations, my last scripture. Revelation chapter 5. Praise the Lord revelations chapter 5 oh bless the name of jesus he's so wonderful and he's done such great things for us oh praise be to god i don't believe that we're even walking in the half of of what he wants us to walk in because he's done such great things for us five and eight says and when he had taken the book the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down and and this is not the one, though. Fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. That's telling us about those prayers that go up to God, that they go up as incense to God, and God has put them in his bowl. But I believe this must be, uh, uh, is it eight and or one and, Lord, let me find it. But it's the scripture that tells us that we have been called kings and priests. Glory to God. Is it five and ten? Okay, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Yes. Yes. And they sang a song, I'm going to go nine first. And they sang a song saying, thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou was slain and has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Hallelujah. And has made us unto our God kings and priests. And we shall reign. Hallelujah. We shall reign. Oh, we shall reign. Oh, bless the name of God. We shall reign. Oh, hallelujah. We shall reign on the earth. Glory to God. We shall reign on the earth. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. You are his tabernacle. You are his sanctuary. And the Bible says, and if you stand with me today, the Bible says, lift up your heads. Lift up your hands, O ye gates. Lift up your hands this morning. Lift up your hands. Does gates have hands? No, people do. (laughs) Lift up your hands, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory... Shall come in. And if everyone's standing with me today as you lift your hands without wrath, the Bible says, and without doubting. We open up the doors of our hearts and we say, King of glory, come in and make me a priest of God. Make me a tabernacle. Make me a sanctuary. A place where you dwell, not just on Sundays, but 24-7 365 days out of the week and that we would wait on you until you come occupy live this life for you until we come you take our hands you take our feet you take our mouths we want to be everything that you've called us to be in the mighty name of Jesus thanks for listening to River Claremont's podcast We pray you were greatly blessed by this message. If you'd like to keep up to date with what's happening at the River Claremont Church, visit us at riverclaremont.com.